What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I am your host, Matt, and with me today is a very special guest co-host, my beautiful, beautiful wife, Amanda. How you doing, baby? I'm doing great. Uh, you didn't have to go there, but yeah. I did have to go there because uh, I put a ring on it and I'm not a liar. So I needed to just be real with the listeners. Uh, I wanted to talk about some stuff today and I'm glad that you actually are the person that I get to talk about this stuff with. Um, first and foremost, we just usually jump right into the scriptures when we, when we you know start the episode. And so we're going to go ahead and do that right now. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. And um, this is this is Jesus talking, and he says, uh, "Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others." Everybody listening is a little bit afraid because this is like an easy scripture to forget when we want people to receive justice, but we want grace. But we'll we'll get into all that here in a minute, right? For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging others is the standard by which you will be judged. And then he says something that's, I think, often quoted by even people that aren't believers. They, 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 they talk about the speck of dust, right? And he says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Now, today's episode, we actually titled it, That's How I Roll. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for this. And normally, I don't point out the little things that are happening in front of my computer and the things that I bring, but I'm going to do it today because this is a resource that is like gold right now in this season. And you see this little roll of toilet paper sitting in front of me. Now there's an ongoing debate about toilet paper that I want to, I want to talk to you about real okay. quick. The debate is this, how do you roll or how do you mount your roll of toilet paper? Which way is the right way? You know, the one where like it goes forward or is it one that goes backwards? You Now, listen, I ask you and you laugh because you don't mount <laughs> toilet paper rolls. No, I was going to say the reason why, I, first of all, I don't care. But secondly, you already know that when I, when I run out of toilet paper and I get a new toilet paper roll, I set it on top of the old toilet right. paper roll. And then for some reason, it's, it's not, I don't know, it's magic. It's not, I don't know if it's spiritual, it's science. The second, the next time I go back in, it's on the wall. And so I don't care. That is neither just, magic, yeah. spiritual, nor science. That is your husband following behind you and mounting <laughs> the roll. And now that we're talking about it, I think it happened this morning. It did. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> That's correct. It did happen this morning. Okay. So I, I guess I, I get it, right? Because the reason why people, I think, do the under is like if they have animals or they have children that like, mess with it and so like it all of the toilet paper comes out uh the reason why people do over is i don't know why um and and to be honest with you i don't care either my response to that age-old debate is just replace the roll <laughs> just replace the roll and setting it on top is better <laughs> than not doing anything at all i suppose okay so i'm doing a good job I mean, I just, I just keep doing what I'm doing because I'm doing great. I think we could all get better at, every, at anything that we do. There's always room for improvement for all of us. But you are doing you are doing absolutely well, my love. Good. Yes, absolutely. Now, back to this scripture, see, because everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has an idea of what they think is correct or what they think is truth. And truth in and of itself is is a mutually exclusive 
thing. There are, there's no such thing as many truths. There aren't a great many truths. There's the truth and there's yeah. not the truth. Uh, your opinion does not count as the truth unless it lines up with the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and here the truth of this whole matter is, is quit talking trash or quit trying to fix other people's business when your own business is messed up. Like, what's the first thing that comes to your brain when you read this scripture? Because I know you read a lot of the Gospels. So talk to me about that. Yeah, I, 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 feel, like, um, I feel like it's a coping mechanism, and I'm going to try to explain that. But I think that a lot of people, they avoid uh, addressing themselves because I think that's too much. That's too hard. It's too difficult. I think you have to be honest with yourself, and sometimes that's difficult, and we try to run away from that because it's just too much for us to handle. Um, I don't think a lot of us actually have very good grace for ourselves. Uh, I just think that we avoid looking at the things that would require grace from us um, because it's too much for us to consider, you know, that we're not doing well, that we're not great, that we're not perfect, that, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And I think especially when it comes to Christians, because we're supposed to be good, um, you know, we're supposed to be uh, perfect. We're supposed to be Christ-like. So I think a lot of us will try our hardest to avoid addressing some of the issues that we currently have for ourselves. We won't manage ourselves, but we'll walk around with our soapbox just begging for an opportunity to get on top of it and kind of release that energy onto something else, anything else that will get me away from having to deal with what I really should be dealing with. And that I I love the scripture because it's so very true because that's honestly, and if you think about it, that's just how a human nature is, but it's how the world kind of perceives things, man, get really excited and have these opinions about all this other stuff. And people just get so overwhelmed in it, you know, and like a few, a few days ago, even I had a, um, I was talking to someone on our team you mm-hmm. know, for the vine and shout, were, shout out to the vine. Okay. That's cool. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. No, uh, I, um, I was talking to them about some things and they were coming up with actually amazing observations because they're so great at it. And so they were coming up with a lot of great observations about some things that should be changed or fixed or looked at, but it was coming out with so much energy of like frustration and um, agitation. And I was telling them, you know, it, when it's coming from a healthy place, observations, amazing opinion is good. Um, Ideas are awesome, but we, all that energy is, it's buried up in us is because we're walking around with a soapbox, just looking for a way to kind of release all these feelings that we have about ourselves, but onto something or anything else. Um, I think uh, a lot of us Christians too, and I think there's an expectation put on us, which should not be from us and everyone else, that we're supposed to be perfect. And so we tend to find ourselves lying to ourselves about who we are and then creating this story that we have to maintain. And because we can't do it, it's so much and it's overwhelming. Yeah. So to put that energy out into something else, like, a, I don't know, um, anything. Like really. your junk instead of my junk. Uh, absolutely. Well, let's if put I the could, energy in that. If I could focus on you, then I don't have to address me because that's been too difficult and I can't, I can't do it. So I guess, yeah, I think, I think that what comes to mind is that phrase, the old adage of you, you are your own worst critic. Yeah. And you're looking at a man that you know very well uh, will will absolutely beat himself up <laughs> if he doesn't feel like he 
you know, preaches a message well, or man, I didn't communicate this thing the way that I wanted to, or I didn't get this thought across, or maybe uh, in a counseling session, man, I didn't handle this properly, or man, I got to go apologize about this because I'm, but you, you've seen me beat myself up many times. And I think that that's par for the course for a lot of people, not just, not just myself, but we'll use myself myself as an example of this, this adage of you are your own worst critic. And you said something, um, you said the, the word evaluate. And I think that that is huge because if we could learn to shift our perspective and essentially I think that's what Jesus is speaking to, right? Because criticism only breeds critics and everybody's a critic and it doesn't cost anybody anything to create a burner account on Twitter and to go criticize everything in the world. It doesn't cost anybody anything to burn down everybody else's creative juices or what everybody else has done and what anybody else has succeeded in. It costs them nothing to burn it to the ground. But there's value in evaluation. Yeah. And I wonder what it would look like Really, if we could, just like Jesus is saying here, man, stop being a critic of other people and really don't even be a self-critic. But if we could learn to evaluate ourselves, where are we with God? Where are we with Jesus? Uh, and then be kind to everyone. I think that, that everybody would get a better version of us yeah. really is what Jesus is trying to speak to here. Stop worrying about everybody else. You need to work on you. Yeah. And and I've had an eyelash stuck in my eye before. You've had a speck of dust in your in your eye before. It is annoying. Yeah. It is annoying. I think that it's so funny that Jesus chooses to have this discussion and make this point to such a hyperbolic degree. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way that I could see a speck of dust in your eye. There is no way that I can see from, from where I am right now, even if I got really close to you, to see a speck of dust? You'd have to work hard. You, I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd have to yeah. have much better eyes than me. Yeah. Um, way better than me. <laughs> but, but he says, yeah, you, you're talking about the speck of dust in this person's eye, and you have a log in your own. And I love the New Living Translation uh, in verses uh, uh, 4 and 5. It says, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye, and he uses a word that Jesus uses this term uh, 15 times in the gospel of Matthew alone. He says, hypocrite, hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. And this term hypocrite is not only a term that Jesus uses uh, 15 times just in the gospel of Matthew alone, but this is something that has become synonymous with the term Christian or with the term church. Why is that? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, a lot of people have a, an expectation of, of Christians to actually be Christ-like and that, that we have tendency to be human. Um, you know, I was at a, a conference and, um, it was a really eye-opening moment for me because I was really feeling sorry for myself. I had a huge pity party and I was thinking, man, you know, I'm not everything that I should be, but I've, I've never had a mentor. I wish I could have a mentor. No one's, a, you know, um, available to me to, to mentor me, to teach me, to train me. And I really felt like God told me, um, be, be your own mentor. 
And when that was, when I, I felt that, I felt that God spoke that to me. It was huge for me because I wasn't managing myself. I wasn't ministering to myself. I ministered to plenty. I ministered to people. I saw them for who they were. I gave them grace when I felt like they needed it. I, I understood where they were coming from and cared about them as a person, as someone that um, Jesus loved and, and died on a cross for. But I couldn't do that for me. Yeah. And so I found myself going, man, you're not who you need to be for me. You're not a mentor. And I didn't have this. And I have all this energy, this frustration, and it's out there. But I'm not really managing me. I feel like a lot of Christians don't manage themselves properly. I think if we all fully, truly understood grace for what it really is, and that's the fact that we do not deserve it, not for a second, not for a moment, not for a minute, but it's given it because it's grace, I think we would it would be a lot easier for us to look at ourselves and manage those things instead of not doing anything about what this looks like and having, like you said, the speck in your eye. I have to work hard to see that. Right. So we, but we're desperate, right? We're desperate to find something wrong with someone else because if I can do that, I can get away from these feelings that I have within myself because I don't fully understand or grasp the grace that God really wants to show me. And too often we, we've said this um, before and we've heard it said too often we major in the minor things of life and we minor in the major things of life. So it's really to be able to self evaluate and to be able to look in the mirror, so to speak, and put forth some effort to develop oneself uh, that is a major thing in life that a lot of people minor in because maybe, maybe, maybe it's because we think we're supposed to have all the answers. When did that, when does that happen? Like when, when in the world do we adopt this notion? Because I did not know God at all. And, and you, you can, you know, uh, our, our producer, Andy, he knows, uh, he's, he interviewed us way back when, uh, in episode, I can't remember which, but we had that Q and a four. Thank you, sir. Way back, and so, and and he he asked us about like kind of when when we discovered Jesus or when we you know when we met Jesus when we had that kind of giving our hearts to God moment. And so here here I was you know twenty years ago now, uh, giving my heart to somebody that I didn't even believe existed. But somewhere along the line, within those twenty years, something happens, something shifts where we then decide that no longer do I. Maybe it's not that I'm thinking I don't need a savior, but somewhere along the line, we think I need to have all the answers. We go from knowing that we don't know anything and knowing that we have zero answers about this life to this place of, oh crap, I have to be able to have the right answer all the time. Yeah, Because it comes, it becomes more about what people think and how they perceive you and how they perceive right. your Christian walk. Right. Then it has to do with God at all. And if there was ever a, a human being that existed fully 100% God, 100% man, if ever there was a human being on this planet that existed that gave no craps yeah. about what other people thought about him, it was right. Jesus. Yep. And this, this wonderful example of remove the log from your eye yeah. 
Quit worrying about the speck of dust. And people say, well, didn't Jesus talk to the woman at the well? And didn't Jesus say that you're right, you don't have a husband. You got five husbands and the man that you're with isn't even your husband. Wasn't he judging her there? No, no, no. He was He was giving her truth so that she would receive what he had, uh, what he was getting ready to tell her. He had a prophetic moment with this woman. Well, what about the woman, the person that I think about first and foremost, the person that I think about is the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Right. And, and we can go into unpacking why the Pharisees knew where she was and what she was doing. Um, You know, well, but, but I don't want to talk about those pervs right now. Let's, let's, let's just focus on, let's focus on this. The fact that Jesus begins to just write in the sand and tells these guys, whoever is without sin can cast the first stone because by law, she, she should have been by, according to the law, she should have been stoned. But everybody drops their rock and goes away, right? At least that's the picture that we get in our mind. We read that everybody just leaves. Mm -hmm. And he looks at this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. That ain't a speck of dust, but (laughs) this is you you were caught in the act. And Jesus says, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none, my Lord. And he says, then neither do I accuse you. Neither do I condemn you, right? So there's no, because there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He's giving us an example in the flesh of that scripture. Yeah. But then he says, go and sin no more. He's not judging her mm-hmm. in that moment. He's saying, I'm not going to condemn you, but quit doing this because why? Because you're hurting yourself. Yeah. You're putting yourself in a position yeah. to get hurt. Well, the agenda in both of those stories was not to shame them. Right. It wasn't to get onto them. Wasn't to make your, his opinion of them known wasn't to um, deflect, right? He genuinely cared about these women. And because of that, because of the love that he had for them, and he wasn't operating in this nervous energy of how are people going to perceive me? Because coming up between her and these these priests and these people who are wanting to have justice, the, f- the reason why he's able to is because he doesn't care what they think. Obviously, right? he's on a mission. And we have to be on a mission and stop caring about what, what we all think. And our opinions, they don't matter. The, the opinions of others and the opinions of people, they, they're birthed from so many things. So many, like the way that people respond to things, how they feel about themselves, what their life history looks like. You know, it doesn't even mean, if they have an opinion, it doesn't mean it's true even. It could be toxic. It could be coming from a place that's, that's not healthy. So for us to care so much about what people think, we stop caring about them as a person. Right. We care more about how we're perceived because it's all about us. You know, Jesus didn't go in going, man, watch this. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to show you. You know what I mean? But right. Christians do that. They're like, wow, I really have the power to save people today. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Not for a minute. Um, you did some good things, and, and that's good. But we've got to understand that um, it's because of him. All the good things, anything that I'm remotely capable of kind of almost doing, that's good. It comes from him. When I'm able to minister to somebody, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm a, just an amazing person. It's because God has shown me grace and he loves me and he's mm-hmm. afforded that to me so I can afford that to others. But if you get in your head about it uh, and it is about you, it is about the things that you do and how you do them, that's where it, you get confused about grace. Right. Because it's all about your works and what you can do and how you can provide um, 
how, know, the work. how you can control. Absolutely. Because well, well, I think what, what, we, what we kind of see is like we see this idea of we want to be able to control or make the decisions for the other people. And it's not, it doesn't, I don't think, start out at least from a bad place. No. Right? It's because, oh man, but it's because I do love people that I want to make this choice for them or I want to aim them in a space where this is why you want to do this. And we can encourage people, but the word of God does not say that we have any control whatsoever. It doesn't say we take other people's thoughts captive and we make their thoughts obedient to God. That's not what it says. It It says that we need to take every thought that we have captive and that we need to make it obedient to God. And, and, and God is not interested in you making people obedient to him. He's interested in your obedience. Yeah, that's good. Right. Like he's not like, uh, he's not interested on whether or not I can make, I'm making you obedient to him. He's interested in whether or not I'm obeying. Whether or not I have surrendered myself because guess what? He's got a plan for you. And he's got a plan. That person that, 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 that works your nerves or that person that you just keep on seeing messing up the same way or whatever, and it's really starting to frustrate you to the person that's listening to this right now and it's really bothering you, listen, God has a plan for you. You need to make sure that you're being obedient, even as it pertains to how you pray for this person. Because guess what, Jack? God has a plan for that specific person. And the way that God loves that person is so much deeper it is in his plans are so much greater than anything we could ever fathom for these people that we say that we love, but yet we try to control. Right. And that's why, that's why people use shame. Yeah. That's why people use guilt yeah. or they, they make people feel condemned because if I can make you feel ashamed of something that you're doing, then I can, I can manipulate and I can steer you in a direction that I want to steer you. And again, this may not come from a place that's necessarily starts off as being bad. It's because I want to help you get to a place that I think is right. And, and you were, you were saying something about, and we need to do an episode on this and I need to have you back probably because we need to talk about this. All I have, all I had playing on repeat while you were talking about you know, people and their personal feelings and what they see and like their hearts essentially was that 80s song. Listen to your heart. You remember that song? I know you do. Nobody else here probably even knows what that song is. Da, 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 da. Listen to your heart. Oh, yeah. da, da, da. <laughs> anyway, nobody else is going to know this song, but it's fine. It's an old song from the 80s. Listen, <laughs> there's songs like that going around. It's people, it's people asking, but how does that make you feel? But how do you feel? Listen, do not listen to your heart. The Bible is very clear that the human heart is evil and desperately wicked above all things. The he, listen, you're, this is why your opinion does not overrule God's truth. Because you just want to work for you. If we were all just to give in to our leanings, our default nature as human beings, that would mean that we would want the best for ourselves. Would there be some of us that are kind, maybe more kind than others and want some good things for other people too? Sure, but not at the expense of getting what we want for ourselves first. And the fact is, Christians are people too, and so we need to work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Amanda added nothing. She was oh, like, yeah, no, that's right. No, yes. Like, yes. 
Amen. Where are you going to go with that afterwards? I've never, I've never, (laughs) this is, we got it on camera. We have it recorded as well. Like my wife was speechless. No, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm so good at this (laughs) podcasting thing. (laughs) I'm so good. No, I was waiting for you to to say. Oh, you were waiting for me to shut up. No, 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 not at all, actually. Because I I end up talking over you like way too often. So I'm like, give him some space. We, We do that to each other. It's, that's marriage. Yeah, I guess. But it's like double dutch i'm i'm wanting to this is gross (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) that was andy's way of saying goals i think but i'm not sure i've never said that (laughs) (laughs) he's also on facebook ladies and gentlemen go find (laughs) okay well um yeah i um this i actually loved being on this episode when you were showing me like some of the notes and stuff we were going to be talking about because it is a huge thing. Yeah. And, you know, my heart does go out to um, to all of the Christians that, you know, I've uh, been around that have tried so hard, so desperate to, to really do a good thing, do a new thing. And I've seen a lot of new converts. That, right. Um, which is awesome. And it's amazing. You know, and they're in, they really just want to serve God. They just want to do a good thing. They want to do a good thing. They want to do a good thing. And they yeah. don't know what that looks like. And it's a journey. And it's it actually could be a great journey. But um, it's hard sometimes because you want to you want to be a good Christian. You want to do the right thing. You want to always do the right thing. But sometimes um, in in doing that, we're hard on ourselves about not being perfect. Sure. And I think it's OK for us to accept the fact that we're human. And uh, I know for a lot of us leaders, when we get into leadership positions, we feel like we have to know everything. We have to have all the right answers because that's the way this goes. And that's not the case. Right. And and it's OK to not is is I don't know an acceptable answer for a leader. Absolutely. When we, when we were high school pastors, I actually, I started to get in the habit of doing it even when I knew the answer, because I recognized that whenever a kid would ask me a question, I didn't want to just tell them the answer. I don't want them to even just take my word for it. I want them to have a relationship with the Lord. Right. So I would say, let's find out. Let's find out. I would seriously stop everything right then and there. Let's look it up. What does the Bible say about this? What is true? about this subject because I didn't want to just answer it. It's okay to be like, you know what? I I have to think about that. I have to pray about that because I don't want to seem wise and, and sound smart. I, I want, I want to teach people how to be human and how to be Christian, how to love the Lord. Right. And that's all I want. And how, and how do you do that? If we feel as leaders and pastors, if we feel that we have to be the Oracle, like, how are you, how are you helping somebody if, you know, there's nothing wrong with having the answer or with knowing oh, an sure, answer, absolutely. but I mean, if you're not, if you're not teaching the person to fish, if you're not, if you're not showing the person or, or let's, Hey, let's walk through this together. It, what's, what's the point in being the Oracle, yeah. right? You know, and I don't know why the matrix reference, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, if, you, if you're the person that knows all. Like, why, why does that matter? You can be alone on a mountaintop meditating day and night and people climb this mountain to come and get this answer from you. But how is that? They're going to forget what you said on the way down the mountain. Well, and it's not healthy for the leader either because then they tend to take on that responsibility and hold it on their shoulders. That was not meant for them. Right. Um, they don't have to carry people's weight, uh, but yet they've, you know, they put themselves in a position where they are. They are like that oracle. They're Moses, you know, and they have to come back with a word or, you know, it's like they feel like, you know, it's it's just it's too much and it's unbalanced. And you have a bunch of people who are relying on you for word 
in direction Mm -hmm. when it's just, no, we need to teach them how to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And no one person is higher than the other. We're humans. And by the grace of God, we're able to be a part of the mission that he has here on earth. And that's to love people and bring people to the understanding of who he is and nothing more. We're, we're vessels. It's so much easier. It's so much easier when we go, you know what? Um, it's not about me being this amazing superhero in right. some way. It's, uh, about me showing Bible people man. that I am a human. I'm a human and I love Jesus and I, I can um, love people and I can have boundaries and I can have healthy responses and I can, um, I can love my yeah. neighbor. Paul said, Paul said, look, I'm not trying to convince you with wise words. Yeah. And with like Paul, Paul could have said, look, man, I was taught by the best teachers. I was raised in the best places. Listen to what I say because I know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. He, he absolutely could have been that dude. And, yeah. and there was a moment where he was like, look, out of all of the disciples and apostles, I'm the best one. <laughs> and, then, and then you go like a few chapters later and he's like, I'm, but I'm the chiefest of sinners, yeah. but I'm the worst of sinners. And, and this, is the, this is the man that understood. He's like, I'm not giving you secondhand knowledge of Jesus. I met Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus. I'm not trying to convince you with my intelligence or with my wisdom. I'm just trying to preach. At the end of it all, Paul was like, I'm just trying to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. Why? Because an introduction to Jesus and a life lived for him is our ultimate goal. It does not matter how you roll as long as you're aiming people to Jesus and we're teaching them what it means to walk with him. Thank you so much for joining me today, mm-hmm. love. I really yeah. enjoyed this. We're going to have to do it again. Andy loves us flirting on camera together, too. It's one of his favorite things. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> people just are watching us flirt at this juncture. But you know what? That's all the time that we got today. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Click subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications so you can know what's going on here. We're out. Go love like Jesus. <laughs>